Hey guys, hope everybody's doing well. And um, yeah, I suppose a few apologies for the lack of podcasts. Um, to be honest, I just kind of entered 2022 and, and you know, decided to just maybe little, be a little bit more guarded about what I'm doing. And not in a, not in like a secretive way, just in a, like more of a, let's be more productive and get on with it kind of way versus, um, you know, perhaps in the past, I, I, I've kind of, you know, I've had a look at like 2021 and, um, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to go down that road today of, you know, what I did well, what I, what I didn't do well. And, and I suppose I can touch on parts of that, but I kind of noticed that I was putting a lot of time, emphasis and, and money, um, into what we'd kind of call the, the, you know, the half a percent, the one percent. And, and so those little one percents, for example, would, um, include, you know, an altitude camp. Um, it would include, you know, fancy recovery equipment, you know, Normatec recovery, for example, or, um, you know, instead of flying economy on a flight, you know, upgrading a seat to premium economy or business class. Um, and these are all, these are all little, little percentage gains or, or like minor percentage gains. So not 0.1, not 0.2, not 0.1, you know, 10% better recovery on that flight towards the next week of training. But I guess the reality is when you, when you neglect the, the main important part, which, you know, ultimately is what specific running training are you doing? Then it's, then it's very difficult, even if all those little percents are looking good. And, um, you know, it's, it's likely that in 2021, my like call them like little percents were in a much better place than ever before. And also in a much better place than, you know, perhaps a lot of my competition, which I guess in a way, what that does is it, it gives you the platform to train well and consistently and stay healthy. But I guess the, the problem is if you're not, it's like, put it this way, this is the most simple way to, the most simple way and the, the best way of doing this, right? So, you know, you wake up Friday, you've, you're traveling to America, you've done your hydration, you've been working on your hydration, you've, you know, you've been eating really well, you pack a really good lunch, you've, you know, you've paid a thousand pounds more so that you can fly business class. Um, hopefully that's going to help you sleep a little bit to get over jet lag. You've prepped yourself, you've booked treatment when you arrive, you know, like for maybe the next day so that you can, you can make sure your hip flexors aren't tight, you can make sure um, you know, that like anything that maybe got a little bit sore on the plane, you can kind of get that worked out. You know, you've probably brought your, your recovery boots on the plane, or you've certainly got your, you know, your compact stim machine on the plane. And, you know, you can, you can get a bit of stim going. <laughs> so I'm giving you a, a little taster of all the things you're doing on a Friday, you know, maybe before a flight on a Saturday, for example. And you might have been looking after your hydration for a few days. That's not uncommon. Um, and so you, you've, you've put all these things in place. 
you you get on the plane, you fly, and everything feels great, everything feels wonderful, and you've really you've really set yourself up. Sorry for the fizzle. You've really set yourself up that your next week of training could be slightly better than um you know what it otherwise could have been had you not done all the little things and then you get to altitude or you get to your warm weather camp wherever you were going like sorry again the fistling in america etc etc and then when you get there you're you're kind of just not arsed about doing the like the the specific training either isn't right or you're kind of just not that arsed about doing it does that make sense so all these little percents give you the best opportunity to recover right to to you know recover well to to be in the best possible position every monday morning to crack on with another great week of training but if you then don't crack on with a great week of training the little percents they're not wasted but don't they're not going to get you to the finish line quickly they're simply going to enable you to do the training that it takes to get you to this the finish line quickly right and so 2021 is like a i didn't i didn't personally do anything wrong there's a there's a concept called inception right everyone everyone has probably heard of the movie seen the movie etc etc right inception is when you almost brainwash yourself into like believing something is legit and i kind of believe i i watch these professionals i i've seen them over the last lot of years etc etc and i guess your your brain can choose to believe what it wants and i kind of developed the belief that so long as you're at altitude and you're running and you're you're putting in like some form of training some kind of work call it like you know um you're you're 80 to 90% there and let me tell you how fucking wrong i was right that is not the case at all right the to go a bit deeper the the problem for me is the altitude and and camps and let's go back to 2017 i had just made a bit of a comeback um but i couldn't for the life of me get through the weekend without partying right so monday to friday brilliant really dedicated you know trying to put in 100 mile a week etc cetera, etc cetera. and then it would get to the weekend and i'd be like i'd fall apart i'd i'd crash and burn i'd um yeah i'd really let myself go i'd go party and i'd i'd maybe party friday and saturday and um and i'd i'd let myself go this is like february um like if i went back which i always do just for shits and giggles but if i went back to 2017 in february there's going to be a lot of sunday runs done at like 6 p.m. <laughs> probably like 6 p.m. because Oh, I'd have just been like, let's see, two hours, 3.45 p.m., two hours, 4.29 p.m. But fuck me, fair play to me, right? So I remember this weekend. I partied twice this weekend. Um, I partied on Friday, and then I did a session Saturday. Um, I did 
two mile at marathon, two mile at half marathon, and then hills. Fuck knows how I managed that, but fair play to me. Five twelve, five fourteen, five oh eight, and then hills. And then I did a long run on the Sunday at four thirty p.m. and I averaged six eighteen. What a fucking animal! I think I was still drunk. I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not saying that to be funny. I, I genuinely think I was. So, <sighs> training camps for me were were this basically this platform for me to um, get away from um, the the social pool and routine and habits that I find myself in in London. Um, that I really I needed to pull myself away from that because. Um, yeah, basically what was happening is, is I was just, um, falling apart a little bit. Um, but yeah, like, be, to, to cut a long story short, um, I, I put a lot of emphasis on camps because I believed that was the, the way to get me to be disciplined, the way to get me to, you know, early to bed, the way to, get me to not party, not drink, not, you know, be easily influenced. And, and don't get me wrong, it it really worked. You know, it, it led to a much more focused, a, a much more thorough build up, etc, etc. And it, it 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 really worked. Um so I guess what's happening now is I'm doing focusing on all the half a percent and one percent and and you know Get myself at altitude for six, seven months of the year. You know, I've, I've done as thorough a job as possible to get all the little things in a good place, but I'm neglecting the, you know, the, the big stuff that, um, that not the big stuff, but the most simple part, which is getting out the door, training and getting the work in. Um, and that's, I guess that's now what I'm making number one priority. Okay, so I've looked back at 2021, you know, I'm going to have to do an expense report, you know, for taxes and stuff. And um, the expense report is going to be like loaded with flight upgrades, um, Airbnbs to maybe make life a bit more comfortable when, you know, perhaps somebody may be offered that I could stay at their place, for example, but I thought, oh no, like, you know, and, and all these little expenses that was supposed to give me the best chance to train well. And I'm not saying I didn't train. In fact, no, I didn't train well. I didn't train effectively. Okay. And that's, that's a, that's a 60 to 70% of the week. 60% of the week is pretty straightforward, right? Easy runs, maybe a medium long run. And, and, you know, maybe a long run. The long run doesn't even have to be every week, right? That doesn't, a long run isn't the part of your week that's going to make you better. It's going to, it's going to build durability towards a marathon. If you're, if you're new to running, it's going to help build aerobic endurance. But when you get to a place where I've got to, where you've been a runner for maybe 20 years and, and probably averaged, I don't know, 40 long runs a year and, and, maybe 70 mile a week for 10 years it's different right and so um don't think i'm saying long runs aren't important but it get you get to a place of fitness where 
Um, if you're new to running, well, then simply just running will move you forward. If you're somewhat new to running, well, then a long run will move you forward more than a run will move you forward. As you get more experience, then a tempo run will move you forward more than the long run will move you forward. As you get more experience than that, a tempo run within your long run will move you forward more than you, you get the point. Like, so I've got to the point where specific training is very, very important, right? I've actually got to the point where a specific, this is, this is a way to explain it. I don't, I don't know if it, if you're going to follow, but I have a, a fairly, if you make a very basic bolognese, right? You've got the main components of a very basic spaghetti bolognese. Let's go very basic, right? Onion, mince, sauce, pasta. Okay? Onion, mince, sauce, pasta. Lovely. Okay? Very basic. Call it a bolognese. Okay? That's one. That is the basics, right? Then what you can start to do is you can tweak it in different ways. When, when you add veg, you're adding gym. When you add sun-dried tomatoes, you're adding yoga, right? But as you add these things, if at any point you take them away, you, you've lost something. It's one part of the taste of change, right? And it's kind of similar in running. And, and you get to a certain level. Everyone, every single athlete, if you run, if you get every single athlete in the world to run 70 miles a week and, you know, maybe a hill session, a tempo session, a 10K session, and you're only allowed to do five mile tempo, you know, four mile of intervals and three mile of hills, you would find out pretty soon everybody's ability at that basic week, right? That's 70 mile a week. This is where you're at. When I got to the level of fitness that I was at, at London and, and I ran to nine and, and at Larne and I run 61 minutes. That level of fitness is Stephen Scullion running 20 miles a week at tempo, you know, three or four miles a week harder, etc. etc. That, that is, that's me in my absolute prime. But just like the Bolognese, if I take any of that away, well, I'm not that athlete anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm not that athlete year round, first and foremost. You've seen that, okay? So just because, think about your own training here. Just because you get yourself to a level of fitness by doing X, Y, and Z, if you remove X, Y, or Z, you're not, something's going to change. The outcome will change. It doesn't just stick. Fitness doesn't stick. That's what I'm, that's the main point I'm raising here, okay? So 2021, I obviously took away my fucking sun-dried tomatoes and veg. <laughs> and um, actually, no, that's a lie. I kind of I kind of kept the sun-dried tomatoes and the veg and the fucking tomato puree. And I took away the beef mince and I took away the pasta. I took away the basics that throughout my entire career have been the staple of when I've performed well. Right. And I'm going to come back to that. Right. That's very, very important. At any point in my career, when I go back to, you know, like in 2010, for example, um, I was, so that's 12 years ago, I was 21. As a 20-year-old and a 21-year-old, I ran 29.13 for 10K on the road 
both years, two years in a row, um, you know, in, in old school flats, all the rest of it. You know, I also ran 343 for 1500. I was producing great running results. And back then, the one, the one thing I noticed about back then is how much threshold training I'm doing per week. If I, if I could quantify minutes at threshold per week, similar to London, it was in a good place. It wasn't in a, it wasn't in its best place ever. You know, before London, it was in its best place ever, almost by accident because of the Sunday long run. Um, but that's the key. The key here is, is I'm learning. I've learned something that my body responds well to. Um, and most people will respond very, very well to threshold type training. Um, so that's really where I was trying to get to with all my discussion and all my um, previous discussion. That's really, I'm just going to have a sip of coffee. So on that note, if you follow me on Strava, which some people on the podcast might, um, you will see that I've been doing quite a lot of threshold training. It's something that um, Rob really, really pushed in 2020. Um, Rob was massive on getting my threshold back in a good place. It's something that can easily be monitored year round. It, it's something that you can track if you're if you're actually improving year on year. The problem with and I. I'm not going to say I hate talking about myself in third person, but I probably love it. But the problem with Stephen Scullion and Threshold is I probably have tests from like 2018, for example, that are that are better than tests now. But then perhaps there was a period of time in 2020 where a test would have been its best ever, but the labs were closed, et cetera, et cetera. My, my Threshold data is all over the place. Because my life's all over the place, right? That's my fault. That's not. I I was on a video call with Jamie Crow the other day, and he he joked that when I go to altitude, I have like seventeen different plans, and he's probably not wrong. So that's why my threshold's all over the place because I've never put sufficient time, sufficient dedicated time into developing, you know, that system year on year. Now, of course. Threshold will, if you're running for a full year and you've gone to altitude and you've trained for a long period of your career, it will move forward. So when I go back to like 2006 and I have threshold data, well, of course, it's moved forward in 20, 2008, it'll move forward in 2010, it'll move forward. But the problem is you will get to a certain place where, you know, to, to really get the the curve and, and your threshold data to move forward, it becomes a lot more specific. And so it has to be one of, if not your biggest specific goal. So about eight years ago, I watched a series on YouTube. It's called um, Team Sky Road to Glory. Um, it is all about marginal gains. It is all about, and, and in that, these these um, cycling teams test the riders like a same as like a run and threshold test, but they do it on the bike. And what they basically do is they map your data alongside, 
you know, an athlete that would win the Tour de France and they say, this is where you're, this is where you're at and this is where you need to get to. How do we get you from here to there? And I guess I always wondered a bit with running why we didn't, you know, when I very first got tested or, or even when I've got tested recently, why we didn't say, okay, kiddo, here's where you're at. Here's where we'd like you to get to. How do we, how do we get you there? How do we, you know, how do we bridge that gap? How do we, um, and yeah, I was always curious why we kind of didn't do that. And so in a way, it's kind of what I'm doing now. And so anyone, I'll get back to the Strava thing and anyone that's seen bits and pieces of what training I'm doing, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily look, um, like super marathony because it's, because I've been doing like reps. So I've been doing like, um, like, you know, I'm just going to say it because everyone's thinking it if you're on Strava. I've been doing very similar to what the, um, the Norwegian guys have been doing. A lot of the Norwegian guys, um, you know, not just the Inga Britsons who have really, really brought threshold recently back into the light. And, and, you know, now all of a sudden when you've got European medalists and Olympic medalists, you're, you're going to take notice, but my my version which you know me and rob have spoke about this and 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 tailored this different ways and um it's really it's really less emphasis on the specifics and more emphasis on in a in a like excuse the word clean in running but in a in a clean effective and well monitored and tidy and sensible way trying to bank as much time at threshold per week as I can do, basically. And be- between certain efforts, so marathony effort, half marathony effort, and, and different sessions are supposed to be different outcomes. Um, so I could do six times 2K, for example, in um, at 5.05 pace, and I would have nailed that session perfectly. And then that afternoon, I could do the same 2Ks uh, at 4.55 and I had a slightly different desire for that session and I equally could nail that one so <clears throat> some days it, it changes the the emphasis changes what I want the lactate to be would change etc etc but here's the reason I'm telling you this okay for probably probably since London since probably since like a bit of time after London, right? So a bit of time after London, um, I probably started to lose the confidence that I could get back to where I was before um, London. And not just like, not just could I get back there, but like when you, because I did that camp before London, and I know I trained very aggressively. Um, I know that it, it, it wasn't exactly the word I'm going to use is organic, right? Organic is when, you know, I went to Swinley Forest a couple of weeks ago with, with Jack Rowe and, and a couple of the British guys. And we did a run and we averaged like 630 and it's hilly and it was muddy and it was messy. And, and organic would be if I went to Swinley, we did this 18 miles and we averaged like 520 and there's four or five of us and I would have finished and gone, fuck me boys. That was hard. 
but we did it. It's just how we did it. it like, you know, it, it's how it's been every week. It's how they've always done it. You know, they, they race up the hills, they push around the bends, they, someone descends fast, you try to catch back up. That's organic. If it already exists, when you're, when you're trying to, if you go on a camp to Kenya, you go on a camp to Ethiopia, and then you come back to your home and you try to recreate what you did on camp with four or five people, and you try to recreate that by yourself in your situation, it's very difficult to do. And so some of the long runs in Font, which were fucking brilliant, brilliant. But if I tried to recreate those by myself around Bushy Park, it's just a bit forced and the outcome might not be the same because it's not organic. You're forcing it. You're you're going and forcing it. You're doing it by yourself. It probably makes you more tired than it did in front because you had company, you had help, you had people on the bike, you had fucking mow fire on camp. The the buzz was huge. Um, you get the point. I lost a lot of confidence because I didn't fully believe that I could recreate that kind of training. I I just didn't. I've woke up this morning. That's why I did a podcast because. I go on Strava, I have a notification, I go on Strava, I look it up, I go on my homepage and one of the really great road racers in Europe right now, um, Julian Wanders, right? You know, he's done, what did I, I just screenshotted it and sent it to Jack because Jack's in Kenya and he's done 28.3 miles, probably at about seven and a half thousand feet at 539 per mile. So, in a way, how do you beat that? How do you compete with that? So, that's my point, right? I'm not, in my new system, I'm not trying to compete with that. I don't need to go this morning and and do something similar because that's not my system. What I'm trying to do is bank as much time per week as I can at the thresholds that's going to move my threshold forward and where where you would make gains on you know if you if there's athletes out there that are you know really fucking hammering it right and and you know i i told jack a couple of weeks ago about something i had seen wanders did and it was it was something like five mile tempo at 6 a.m eight by a k at you know 6 45 a.m and then later on that day at like 4 p.m., like another six mile tempo or five mile tempo. And it's something like, oh, it was like 17 mile in one day at a pretty fucking good effort. And so there's, there's going to be times to me, to me, if that's how athletes are training in the world, it's a bit savage. Right. And I and I don't know if I can beat athletes by by training that savage because I think my body would break. Right. And so my idea is to take take Savage, which some week these guys are going to do 35 to 40 mile a week, probably at threshold. You know, that's if they're doing 18 on a fucking Tuesday and they're banging out, a you know, another session later in the week. There's going to be weeks where that's going to you, you can't compete with that. Right. That's really difficult to do, especially year round. But. Maybe with a system like what the Ingebrigtsons are doing or, you know, where I, I've tailored it a bit to marathon, whereby 
there's double sessions, but there's also long tempos and, and still long runs, etc., etc. But maybe under my system, and uh, sorry that I said my, it's not really my system, but it is now because I've made it marathon and I've, I've tailored it to me. Okay, so maybe under the system that I'm using, there's there's going to be a couple of weeks of the year where if if some other guys are banging out 35 to 40 miles a week at pretty hard effort, you know, they they create a little gap, okay? But then maybe they get injured or maybe they get tired or, you know, maybe they're, you know, they've hit the intensity too hard because it's not well monitored. You know, I, I doubt very much they're walking around with lactometers in Kenya or Ethiopia or et cetera, et cetera. And so then maybe there's, there's going to be weeks where you've just stuck to your plan. You've chipped away. Now I'm going to, let me come back to that, park that. I then watched the, the internet's fucking wild now i then watched a sweat elite video of you know jake roberts and nailing like a 30k run like i don't know like 304 per k or something again at like seven thousand feet and i was like oh my god but then i was like oh shit maybe i should do something like that but if you stick to your plan okay and you chip away at your plan and don't get distracted by what others are doing there is a chance that Basically, you you meet somewhere in the middle. And for the first time in a long, long time, I can see that this could work. Because if you know, because your training is very well monitored and it's very precise and you know what you're gaining out of each session. Put it this way. In January, which which isn't over yet. In January, I've improved roughly two to three seconds per lap. When I did my first session at the very, well, okay, two weeks ago, I did two Ks and I, I averaged 616. Yesterday, I did two Ks and I averaged 607. So that's eight seconds. That's four seconds a K for the same lactate. So if you keep it precise enough and you're patient and you don't get distracted by Wander's 28 mile or, or Jake Robertson's 30 K and you, you keep chipping away at what you're doing, perhaps under this system, like think of the upside. If you get those two Ks down to, God, dare I say 550, if you're running 550 in in April at the same pace that you were running in January in 615, not the same pace, but at the same effort, the same lactate, I don't really care about their 30K run or their 28 mile run. What I care about is that I'm now running 255 per K instead of 308 per K, and it's producing the same waste, which means had I raced in January versus April, I'm in a fucking way better place. It's it's a fact, okay? And that's the idea. So 2022 is all about the training. It's all about um, training effectively as much as I possibly can, rather than... I think what's happened in the last year or two is I focused so much on, oh, the camps are really important. You know, the, the upgrade flights are really important. The better Airbnbs are really important. All the recovery stuff, all the physio, all the massage. Those things matter, but they matter to help you do the training. This year, way less camps. All the focus is, is training effectively, using each individual session. And then breaking it down even further into each individual rep, I just want it to be precise. 
And it's very difficult because like I did my longer tempo last week, 10 miles. I knew I couldn't let my heart rate go over. Like we've kind of learned that in training, my heart rate sits about five to 10 beats lower than in a race, which is normal. And so for me, for me to hit marathon effort in training, I have to run like way below the heart rate that I would normally hit in a race. And so like it's it's almost like depressing because I'm like, oh, I can't go any quicker, <laughs> even though I want to. And I could go quicker and I'd love to go quicker because then, you know, more kudos and Strava. But actually, for me to make this session effective, I need to hit the intensity, the heart rate, the lactate that I wanted to hit. And maybe for the first time ever, I'm following the rules, basically. And, and I don't really give a shit about kudos. All I give a shit about is that the lactate is either under four, like under three and a half, or, or under two. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Um, and yeah, it is hard. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not easy training. This is, this is very, to run 20 to 25 miles a week at, um, thresholdy type efforts, it, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's difficult. Um, but, you know, that's, that's, that's where the confidence comes from that all of a sudden I'm combining experience, durability, resilience, willingness to go do the training and the fact that I can, you know, test my own lactate, et cetera, et cetera. I'm combining a lot of skills to help me get better versus like I told you, trying to be a savage and, and do almost reckless training to create the same results. I, I, I don't think I can compete with those guys when it comes to like being a savage or, um, because I, yeah, that, that's very difficult when you might have a group of 80 Ethiopians or 80 Kenyans that are willing to just flog themselves and, you know, till the last man standing. I, you know, but I can see how the Norwegians have got to a place that they're actually fitter and, and their training, I think, is a lot safer in a way um, than, you know, perhaps what I've seen on camps or what I've read or um, and, I, and I think my confidence has came back that I can take this to places that would help me win medals. And not only that, it will it, be very um, replicable. And you'll know exactly where you're at at different stages of the year. There will be no more guesswork because, you know, if you go do the two Ks or you go do the marathon type run and it, and you know, your speed is X, Y or Z, you know exactly where you're at. You, you might gain a bit from tapering or, you know, fresh shoes or, but like you're not, you're not going to gain that much. So you kind of just have to accept where you're at. For example, I was going to race. There was a couple of races. I'd seen a half marathon at the end of January. And, um, but in fairness, like having done the sessions that I'm doing, you know, the, the two Ks yesterday, I'm averaging 303 per K at half marathon effort. If I taper and race, there's a chance that I'll perhaps get down to three minutes to 302, but I don't really want to run a half marathon in three minutes, 302 per K. You know, I want to run 255 to three. So really, I'm not I'm not really going to push to find a race until I see those numbers. And if I've improved, um, literally improved four seconds per K from the start of January to the end of January, why on earth would I rush into a race? You know, what if I gain another four seconds per K in February? Well, then I'd have been, what's that? 
20 times 4, that's 80 seconds further down the road in a half marathon. Why rush, you know? So, look, I thought that was a nice update. I hope you guys gain something out of that. You know, keep your training specific. Um, stick to your plan. Um, and, you know, don't get sidetracked by, by seeing what everybody else is doing. Like, in a way, which is harsh and ugly, but fuck what everybody else is doing. Do what you do. Do it really well. Focus on what you do. Stick to your plan. And, and you know, trust that what you're doing, once you've nailed the plan down, trust that it's going to take you to where you need to be. Cheers for now, guys. Bye-bye.